0: There's new news I'd like you to have, and that is there is a video of this podcast on anxiety that you can find at www.secondresponse.co. It is not secondresponse.com, it is .co, www.secondresponse. One word, second response. This video on anxiety is part of one of three lessons, which is now part of a course for caregivers and listeners just like you. When you visit secondresponse.co, you will find more topics covered. So for all of you wonderful, loyal listeners out there, now's your chance to see what I look like. Be prepared. Beware. Beware. Most importantly, this Forgive and Forget podcast and website are being absorbed by second response and won't be available on this podcast platform in another month or so. I am considering putting uh, Anxiety Parts 2 and 3 as well to give you a very clear picture of how the course works. So do check back and see if these have been added. For now... Here's a newer, slightly different edited podcast version on anxiety. We're going to take a closer look at it, the three levels of anxiety and five tools that you can use today to begin the process of alleviating the pressures you are under mentally and emotionally. This training gives you a new way of viewing your anxiety. This was something that I had to change and learn because I ended up running on anxious adrenaline for years, and that is absolutely no way to live. What I'm about to share with you is not a solution to a caregiving problem per se, because solutions can change in an instant with any form of dementia. Our problems go beyond solutions. The first thing that I'd like you to be more aware of is the internal dialogue anxiety creates in your current moment right here, right now, and it's also creating the rest of your day. Now, this may sound obvious, even elemental, but how many of us really pay attention to what we are thinking and what makes us anxious? Giving attention to this can offer clues as to how you think and operate, which is important to begin alleviating it. When I go through this training, I purposely pull examples from life outside of caregiving. You'll also see and hear a lighter side of my personality. I do this because I don't want you losing sight of life beyond your caregiving day. I did. I forgot at one point. I did lose my lightheartedness. I did lose my sense of humor. And it was my pups that kept reminding me to smile or laugh or take a break or take a walk. I respect your sacred role as a caregiver. But I also don't want you losing sight of you beyond your role as a caregiver. Okay. The first of the three levels is mild anxiety. This is anxiety that is an inconvenience. It can be resolved quickly and then dismissed. For example, this actually happened this morning. I was putting my pup's breakfast down, not focusing as well as I should, moving way too fast, and I clipped the dog bowl on the corner of the kitchen counter, which tipped the bowl and dumped the food all over the floor. You should have seen Frank's face. Uh, in the video, I, I put up a picture of Frank, and there isn't one person who sees that photo that doesn't crack up. He has quite a personality. But anyway, he looked at me. <laughs> he looked at me like, "Mom, that was my breakfast, you genius." And so I cleaned it up, started over, and that was that. That's mild anxiety, something that is considered an inconvenience or troublesome and can be rectified and then dismissed. Next is normal anxiety. This is when your thoughts or reaction to something escalate to an intense level, but this startled feeling of sudden distress does pass. An example of this can be having a close call in a parking lot or on the freeway, or catching something on the stove that maybe your loved one left and forgot about. Or in my case, seeing a bear on my porch looking for a way in to get at my granola or oats They're not grizzlies, but still. So normal anxiety is when your thoughts or reaction to something escalates quickly to a very intense level, but then the startled feeling does pass. The last is extreme anxiety. Now, this is anxiety that has a potential of becoming a phobia or a neurosis. This is the camp that we caregivers live in. It's fed constantly by worry fear, and even anger. Outside of caregiving, this can look like road rage, an angry driver that won't let up on its prey, or a hypochondriac, someone who incessantly does their own medical research and believes they have every disease, every ailment, or illness known to mankind. Panic attacks are extreme anxiety, or the fear of flying, the fear of being alone, or fear of leaving their house, Extreme anxiety interferes with pretty much every aspect of your life, especially your sleep, your work, and your relationships. As caregivers, we are always on alert, always waiting for the next event, and we don't fully recover before the next event happens. One warning sign of being stuck in extreme anxiety is catching yourself overthinking, or what I call feeding the anxiety every chance you get. This behavior dupes you into believing that if you think about something long enough and hard enough, and obsess about it even, an answer or resolution will miraculously appear and fix everything. Not true. What I learned is the more I invested in thinking about it, the tighter anxiety's seatbelt fastened. I felt even more strapped in. This kind of obsessive thinking almost feels like an addiction. It's important to know this because when you get used to becoming more aware of what you're thinking, you can hear what your internal dialogue is saying and what it's doing to you. This is the beginning stage of relieving it. You can't get rid of anxiety if you aren't aware how much you are thinking and obsessing about it. And if you aren't aware of that, this level of anxiety will continue to control how you feel and control what you do and say. So what can be done to diffuse it? There are five simple ways to temper your anxiety that you can start using today. Number one, choose one thing in your life right now that has you anxious or worried. It doesn't have to be about your loved one. Matter of fact, what comes to mind immediately may be bothering you more than you think. Even if it doesn't fit, feel right, or feels like a total mistake, you are being led to uncover what is bothering you more than you think. Number two, list the different ways your anxiety is affecting you. For example, is it keeping you from taking care of yourself? Is it affecting your dreams and sleep? Is it causing you to feel empty and unmotivated? Or is your digestive tract backed up? Write it down or think about it. By the way, after I give you the fourth tool, I will explain the why and what to do with your answers. Number three, ask yourself, does my anxiety have anything to do with my past or my parents or even my childhood? Or is this anxiety caused by someone else or an event? I know this can be a loaded cannon, especially if it has something to do with your parents. Because if you're caring for a parent with dementia and you have a problem with your parent, this is worth exploring. Number four, once you've opened up your thought process, can you go deeper? Check in with yourself and ask what the underlying problem is here. Is this why? This has been so challenging to deal with. Begin to peel off the layers. Before moving on to the fifth tool, I'd like to give you the why and what to do with your answers. The first reason for these questions is to prompt you to become familiar with your anxiety. Your anxiety isn't the same as the person sitting next to you at a ball game or in support group. It can be similar, yes, but identify what your anxiety is. Second, identify what it is doing to you, like affecting your sleep or making you feel empty and unmotivated or causing indigestion. It's a starting point to know if and when your anxiety is subsiding and things are improving for you. Here's something you should know about writing or setting aside time to think when you get quiet or bravely put pen to paper, it slows time down. When time slows down, you find that your mind and heart want to be heard. This unravels your anxiety and gives it a place to go. This doesn't mean that it will stay on paper or be left behind necessarily, but beginning to ease up a bit is better than your anxiety getting worse and becoming that awful obsessive overthinking I spoke of earlier. Writing or thinking that is on purpose is a place of sacred relief and sacred release. It's a time when you can be a thousand percent honest with yourself, maybe recognize your vulnerabilities more clearly, and see if certain opinions and beliefs are hindering more than helping. If you find they're a hindrance, consider letting them go. By the way, I am not saying that you have to write, 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 write. No. Just set a time limit of 5 to 15 minutes twice a week. That's it. Start there. Once you pour a little out, you've made room to breathe. Pour a little more out, and you've made room for the ideas and skills from second response. This is where change starts, with the recognition of what you are thinking. Okay, coming up, the most important skill, number five, and essential information that Second Response works with that makes the learned ideas and skills a guarantee. Okay, number five. When you catch yourself in high-rev mode and your brain is working fast and loud, your eyes are wide open, but you're not seeing anything, you're on autopilot and can't remember how you got to your destination. When you catch yourself in this turmoil, the first thing I'd like you to try is find something to focus on. This is what is called an easy interruptive tool. So wherever you are, in a grocery store, driving, walking, and you realize you're gripped and locked in, try and catch yourself, look around you. Is there an interesting cloud formation? Is there a classic car with a great paint job ahead of you? What color is that building to your left? Did you just pass a cute house with a garden and a sleeping dog? How many people are standing on the corner waiting to cross the street? Count them. Look at what is around you now, not how you screwed up that morning or not thinking about what's for dinner. And breathe, breathe. Click into now, right now. Once you disrupt thinking, you disrupt the anxiety. If you can catch yourself two times this week, give yourself a pat on the back, truly. If you can catch yourself in this high-rev, full-brain mode two times in the next seven days, you are more aware than 97% of the other people out there. That was also another study, by the way. Learning the skill of paying attention to your thinking sounds simple, but it isn't easy. Starting here is the beginning of change and the beginning of interrupting anxiety. I just read an article on Bruce Willis who was diagnosed with a form of dementia, and his wife made a very perceptive observation. She commented how important it is to break up your thinking, which for her felt very much like doom and gloom, and you and I can certainly relate to that. Now that we've unraveled five simple ways to begin alleviating anxiety, there is a missing element that I did touch on that this course works in tandem with so that the skills and ideas can reach their full potential and you benefit most from the course. Module one, lesson one, fully reveals how we do this and what it is. But in the meantime, Imagine, if you will, discovering something that changes the way you view everything. It is timeless, universal, and available to everyone. It isn't man-made, so this wisdom doesn't govern your actions with the threat of punishment. Rather, it guides your life towards greater wisdom and fulfillment. It shaped your past, so you find not just knowledge, but insight. Not just information, but transformation. I began to look at my caregiving journey as uncultivated soil. Within the soil is an unseen wisdom that has the power and magic to collaborate with these ideas and skills that are the seeds in second response. My role was to nourish, tend to, and cultivate the seeds of ideas and skills. I found that each of these three elements, the soil's wisdom the seeds, and my role, each by themselves, were dormant and undeveloped. It appears that alone, they don't grow, change, much less reach their potential. Interestingly, the soil doesn't judge whether the seed is tended to with water and nourishment. It only responds when it is. There is no right or wrong. I can tend to and cultivate new ideas and skills or not. I can grow or not. There is no judgment, one caregiver isn't better than another, we're all branches of the same tree. But I had a choice of finding a better way as a caregiver. Some say it's a matter of choice for how your life turns out. Others say it is what's inside a person that determines their life's outcome. I say it's both. And even though caregiving is a highly difficult and challenging experience, I felt I didn't have a choice if I was going to survive it, not just with my life, but asking the question, who was I becoming? If you are listening to this training and made it all this way with me, if you don't want your day to be like yesterday, or you're tired of going deeper and deeper into despair, feeling less and less capable of processing and managing, becoming more exhausted and beaten down. Maybe you don't recognize who you are becoming or are afraid of who you will be at the end of this journey. These were the same questions that I was asking myself and why this course was created in the first place. It was created for caregivers. It was created for you. Second response knows your limited time and energy. You'll find that each lesson is short and broken down into bite-sized pieces so it's easy for you to absorb. This course understands how full your mind is and that you can't fit one more thing into it. Once I began to change, what I found was that the circumstances around me were about the same. The stresses were the same. My failure rate was about the same. The tough decisions I had to make were about the same, but I was not the same. It is my privilege and calling to create a doorway through which you can enter and carry forward a more peaceful and confident life. Again, the website for the video version of what you just heard is www.secondresponse.co, not .com, All lowercase, one word, no spaces, secondresponse.co, www.secondresponse.co. Your time is valuable, even critical, and I'm proud you stuck with me. Again, lesson one reveals fully the missing element that this course works with that makes the learned skills and ideas a guarantee. I'll see you on the other side. Bye-bye.